Hollywood Community Church exists to shine as light in our homes, in our community, and in our world. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Well, good morning. It's great to be here today, and it's great that we have a chance to, to worship together today. It's great that we're going to be able to look into God's Word and also to, to celebrate two sacred symbols that God has provided for us in the church. Um, and I say sacred symbols because there are some things, some physical things that God has given to us to help us remind us of spiritual things. Uh, this is the way that we're put together as people. The physical reminds us of things that aren't physical. The, the physical reminds us of relationship. The physical reminds us of the spiritual. This is the way it is in all of our lives. If you don't believe me, think about the last time you went on vacation. What did you get before you came home from vacation? You might have gotten a souvenir, right? Why did you get a souvenir on vacation? You got a souvenir because that thing that you picked up from that other location was something that would remind you of that location when you came back. The physical reminded you of something else. Last year, my family had a chance to go to Disney World. Um, it was awesome. The, Kimberly and Josh and I were there. Josh was you know, five years old at the time, and very early on in the trip, he starts angling for the souvenir. Um, and he ended up getting two little stuffed animals, one of Mickey and one of Pluto, and he carried them everywhere. He called them his kids on the trip. Uh, they were there. And you know, as, as a dad, I'm like, oh, that's, that's cute. You know, a little guy got a souvenir. But you know where I was the last night we were there? I was buying a way overpriced T-shirt. Um, why was I buying the T-shirt? Why did he want his kids? Because those physical things were going to remind us of something not physical, of something spiritual. It reminds us of that place. So we, we got those souvenirs. Uh, same thing is true in marriage, kind of the classic example with the wedding ring. You know, I have this ring on my finger. I, I, I love the fact that I've got a tan line. I've got really more, not so much a tan line anymore as an indention on my hand uh, from this ring because back in, in 1996, Kimberly and I got married, and, and this ring is a wonderful reminder. It's a physical thing that reminds me of the relationship. It reminds me of when we stood in front of a group of people just like you and we exchanged vows and commitment to one another. This physical thing reminds us of the relationship. You probably have items in your home that are like that as well. I, I've got a guitar at my house. This guitar is significant to me, not because I can play it, because I certainly can't. But this guitar is, is significant and it's important to me because this guitar was, was given to my grandfather in exchange for some service that he did fixing someone's car. He owned a gas station and he fixed somebody's car that didn't have any money. They gave him this cheap guitar in exchange for that. That guitar I still have. It's a precious reminder of the generosity of my grandfather and of the legacy that I have. I mean, there are, there are physical things that remind us of the non-physical, that remind us of the spiritual, that remind us of the relationship. This is the way that we're wired, and God knows that because he wired us. And so when God goes about creating opportunities for us to worship him, one of the things he does is he uses physical things to remind us of spiritual truths, to remind us of our relationship with him. Specifically, uh, throughout history, God has done this. What did God place in the sky to remind his people that he was not going to flood the earth anymore? A rainbow, a physical thing as a reminder of God's promise. How did God help his people remember 
his deliverance of them from the nation of Egypt during the Exodus period. He gave them a Passover meal with all of these different components of the meal that reminded them of what God did in that season of their history. It was a physical thing that reminded them of God's involvement with them. How did God show his people that he was with them as they were wandering in the wilderness? Well, many ways. There was a cloud by day. There was a fire by night. There was a, an ark of the covenant where the, the presence of God would, would follow that around. Those were physical things that reminded God's people of his very real presence with them, but yet something maybe that they, they couldn't see in the same way. The physical thing became a reminder of that. And this is the pattern throughout the Old Testament. It was the, the purpose of the temple. God's presence was there, different parts of that. So when it comes time, the New Testament rolls around, and Jesus is going to institute a new covenant, a new way of God's people relating to him, it's not a surprise that Jesus is going to pick some physical things to remind his people of spiritual realities, to remind people of the relationship that lays behind it. And specifically, these sacred symbols that Jesus chose were the symbols of communion and baptism. In those physical things, we get reminders of our relationship with God and our spiritual connection with him. The first one we're going to talk about today is communion. See, in communion, Jesus is gathered with his disciples, and he picks up some elements which are on the table. I mean, Jesus gathered with his folks to eat meals, just as you would with your friends, just as you do with your family. On significant times, important events, maybe even every weekday at 5 o'clock, if your family's lucky, you get together around a table, and you sit down, and you have a meal. It's a time of fellowship together. Jesus did similar things with his disciples, and he got together with them to celebrate the Passover. But as he celebrated the Passover with them, he picked up some elements that were on the table, and he made them new sacred symbols to remind them of something he was getting ready to do. We see this in Matthew chapter 26. If you've got a Bible, you might want to turn there. If not, we're only going to look at three verses. You can listen, or three or four verses. But in Matthew chapter 26... Beginning in verse 26, it says this. It says, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And what Jesus was doing as he took bread, as he took wine, as he was giving physical reminders, things that would be on the tables of the disciples for centuries to come. We sit here now some 2,000 years later. For 2,000 years, we have gathered, people have gathered around tables and broke bread and and wine, and they've gathered in churches on Sunday mornings and, and on Wednesday nights and all different times, and they've gathered around bread and wine together. And as they've done so, they've, they've had a sacred symbol. They've had a reminder of the relationship that God established for us with him through the work of Christ. We have this physical reminder that Jesus' death was real. And all of the different senses that get engaged in communion are reminders for us of that. 
You know, we, we take the bread and we, we place it on our mouth and we feel the, the coarseness of it and we, we have the taste of it and we have the aroma of it. And it, it's, it's a real thing. It's not just something we imagine. It's real. In the same way, we, we, we are reminded of the fact that Jesus' body was literally nailed to the cross. It wasn't make-believe. It wasn't a fairy tale. It was a real event. The, the physical thing reminds us of the reality of the spiritual relationship that was established for us when Jesus literally was nailed to the cross. When we take the cup and when we see it in the color and we taste it, we're reminded of the fact that Jesus' blood really was shed for us. Again, it's not a fairy tale. It was a real thing. But this, this sacred symbol, like a souvenir, reminds us of the place where that relationship was purchased. See, the physical reminds us of the spiritual. And as, as we get together and we have this communion today, we're, we're going to have the opportunity to have relationship together as the body of Christ. We're going to have the opportunity to, to have these physical elements remind us of the relationship that we have with him because of what Christ really accomplished on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. And we, we call it communion because it gives us the opportunity to have communion, to have a relationship, to have fellowship with God. Because of what Jesus has done and because his body was broken and because his blood was shed, we can have a relationship with God. And so we have these elements and it reminds us of the relationship we have with him. But also, as we take these elements, we're reminded of the communion or the fellowship we have with one another. See, we, we, we have this meal not just with him, but we have it with others in Christ because we have been saved not just into a solo relationship, but we've been saved into a family, and families have meals together. So as we get ready to, to celebrate our communion today, we're having an opportunity to let these physical elements remind us of the relationship we have with God, the relationship we have with one another because of what Jesus did for us. His death makes relationship with him possible, and we get to celebrate that together this morning. The way that we're going to do that is I'm going to pray here in just a moment, and then I would invite you just to have some time to, to reflect and pray as our, as our ushers will begin to, to pass the elements among the aisles, and would invite you to, to take those elements and to hold on to them, to not consume them just yet, because we'll wait till everybody's served before we share those elements together. Um, so that's, that's the plan. So let me, let me pray for us as we get started. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share this sacred symbol today. Father, thank you for the relationship that we have with you, and thank you that you gave us physical things as tangible reminders of the reality of that relationship. Father, our, our relationship with you is not some nice sentiment. It's not a fairy tale. It's, a, it's real, and it's grounded in history. And may these, these elements and the, their smell and the sight and the taste and the touch of them would remind us that our relationship with you is not just a hope, it's a reality. Father, I pray that our hearts would, again, focus on you through this time as we reflect on what you have done for us in Christ. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.
so Jesus took the bread and he broke it. This is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you take this, do so in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant. Poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. And so Jesus has given us a sacred symbol, a physical thing that reminds us of the relationship that we have with him on the basis of the work of Christ. But he gave us another sacred symbol, not just communion, not just the bread and the wine, but he also gave us baptism. And this morning, we're going to have the opportunity to celebrate baptism as well. And as we do so, we're going to be joining Christians again for the last 2,000 years that have practiced this sacred symbol that reminds us of our connection and our relationship with Christ. Now, when you think about the fact that Jesus established baptism for us, it's something that Jesus himself modeled. Jesus himself was baptized. It's something that Jesus commanded when he gathered his disciples for the Great Commission. He said, go into all the worlds, baptizing them in my name. And it's something that the early church practiced. In the book of Acts, you see this pattern of people believing in Christ and then being baptized. It's something that permeates parts of Scripture. But the question we ought to ask ourselves this morning is, why is it that Jesus picked water baptism as this particular symbol to make sacred? And I think there's a few reasons for that, but one of them we're going to focus on today has to do really with the definition of the word. The word baptize literally in Greek means to immerse. It means to submerge. It was not a word that was used only in religious circles. It was something that was used of a variety of things, including if a boat were to sink on the ocean, it would be baptized into the ocean. You think about the Titanic. The Titanic is floating along the Atlantic, and it hits an iceberg, and it goes into the ocean. If we were Greek, we would look at that and say, that boat, the Titanic, was baptized into the Atlantic. It was immersed into the Atlantic. This was the the symbol. This was the term. But when you have a term like that, oftentimes there's a literal meaning that spawns a figurative meaning. And the figurative meaning of the word baptize in Greek means to identify with. And it's plain to see how that phrase became associated with identify with. Think again about our example of the boat on the water. The Titanic is floating along the Atlantic. The Titanic hits the iceberg. The Titanic sinks into the Atlantic. From the shore looking out, if you could see that far, what would you see? Would you see Titanic anymore? No, you would only see Atlantic. In that way, the Titanic would have become fully and completely identified with the Atlantic. And so when Jesus picks this symbol of baptism, what he is doing is he's picking a symbol that is perfect to model what happens to us in Christ. See, what happens to us in Christ is that if we believe in him, if we embrace by faith his work on the cross, if we believe that God raised him from the dead, then what happens is we become identified with Christ. 
Just as with the Titanic, we look from the shore, we no longer see Titanic, we only see Atlantic. If we're in Christ, when God looks at us, he sees not just, he sees no longer us, he sees us completely submerged and identified with his son. We have become fully identified with him. We have been baptized, identified into Christ. The water is merely a picture, a symbol of a reality that takes place in the life of anyone who has trusted in Christ as their Savior. At the moment of belief, we become submerged, immersed in him. We become identified with him. That's why in the book of Romans in chapter 6, when Paul is talking about baptism, this is what he says. Verses 3 and 4, he says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. The picture of baptism is one of identification with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Here in just a moment, we're going to see three individuals who have trusted in Christ have this sacred symbol demonstrated for them and for us as a reminder of the relationship that they have with God, as a reminder of their identification. But what you're going to see as, they, as, as they're baptized is they're going to start here, but then we're going to immerse them into the water. They're going to go under as if someone had died and was being buried, identifying ourselves with the death of Christ in his burial. And that's very critical for us in a spiritual sense. That physical reminder is very important for us in a spiritual sense because in a spiritual sense, we need to be identified with the death of Christ. Because Christ's death, when we're identified with it, becomes the payment for our sins. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. When we become identified with Christ, what happens is his death becomes the payment that my sins deserve. And so when somebody is baptized, it's not that that's happening at that moment, but it's they're now getting a symbol, a picture of what happened the moment they trusted in Christ, that they've become identified with his death. They've become identified with his burial. His death made payment for their sins. But we don't leave them there. They're very thankful for that. Right now, there's a group of people downstairs that are, that are thankful that I shared that thought. We're going to bring them back up out of the water. And the reason why we bring them up out of the water is that we're not just identified with the death of Christ, we're also identified with his resurrection. We're identified with his new life. See, when someone is, comes to Christ, their, their, their old self is buried away, but they are given a new life. We are new creations in Christ. We have the Spirit of God that comes to reside within us, and we have the opportunity to walk in works that God has prepared for us. And so in baptism, you have a, a sacred symbol of an identification with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And we have the opportunity to celebrate that today. Now, one thing that I love about baptism, and one thing I love about the way that we celebrate baptisms here at Wildwood is that we have the opportunity for each person who's being baptized to share a little bit of their story. And this is important because as, as wonderful as symbols are, we sometimes need context to help make full sense of them. You know, I, I love my wedding ring, but I don't spend my Saturdays just going and looking at wedding rings. Um, that's just not what I do. I, I love mine, and you know what? If you just got engaged and you show me your ring, I'm going to think, man, that is wonderful. Let me see that ring. Why? Because there's context to it. But the ring itself is, is just a ring. Sometimes we need the rest of the story to fully understand it. And so when we have 
baptisms at Wildwood, we give an opportunity for people to share their story to add context to the symbol that we're seeing played out for us. In each case, these three individuals who are going to be baptized today have trusted in Christ some point prior to this. They already have a relationship with God, but today they're going to have a sacred symbol to always remember the reality of that relationship with God. So we're going to hear three stories. I am Kelsey. I am a senior at the University of Oklahoma. Um, I'm studying psychology and sociology. I'm from a small town called Stillwell, Oklahoma. I grew up in and out of church, um, but I never really felt like I connected with it or really understood what everyone had, and I didn't know how to work hard enough to get what they had. And because at the time I didn't know that it was Christ, I just knew that God was real, but I didn't really know how that applied to my life or how, what that meant for me. It was pretty much like that on and off until high school when um, one of my friends invited me to church. And it was in early high school and I liked it. And so I started going for a few months and it was a night that they had a revival and I had never been to one of those before. And I remember the preacher talking and I felt like I finally understood by what he was saying what God had done for me. And so it was that night that I accepted Christ and went on through high school from there without a lot of idea how to walk that out though. I was really unsure how to um, do my walk with Christ and unsure of what he wanted to do in my life for the rest of probably high school and the first two years that I was in college. And it wasn't until I came to OU that um, I was just in a really, God had me in a really unique position. A lot of things had happened where I was just, I kind of had a new slate and I was really vulnerable and I had moved here to Norman and I didn't know hardly anyone. It was probably a few weeks in that I noticed um, Samantha Williams was in three of my classes and so we started talking and we became friends and eventually she invited me to crew and I loved it and I loved the way that they every week in a different way laid out the gospel in a way that after all those years I still had never understood how it really applied to me and how it was applicable to walk that out every day and that God wanted to do that with me. It was just really good and my spiritual life really flourished from there on out and I started coming to Wildwood and I got really involved, really involved in crew and the college life group here at Wildwood and now the child ministry. It was just then that I really, um, I just really understood who Christ was and I loved him and I wanted to be like him and I wanted to follow him and I just wanted to be his hands and feet as much as I could and I still do. I want to be baptized because I feel like I'm at a place where I really understand what it means. And although I have been baptized before in the past, I originally did it when I first became a Christian because I thought that that was just what you were supposed to do, even though I really didn't understand the significance of it. Um, but 
there was a Sunday here at Wildwood when Mark was preaching and he was just explaining how when two people get married, they wear wedding rings as a symbol of the relationship that they already have, regardless of whether they wear them or not. But they want to wear them for each other and for themselves and for others to see them. And I just loved that and I felt like it finally made sense why people get baptized. And I really just identified with that and I felt like that's what I wanted um, to symbolize my walk with Christ. And and that's why I finally understood why he commands us to do that. And I just felt like it would be a really um, deep step in my spiritual life with the Lord. And that's why I wanted to do it. I have two girls that I would like to thank. Um, first off, Samantha, my best friend, and Lauren Young, who disciples me. She, um, well, they both have really shown me what it means to be a godly woman in not the good circumstances, but also the tough ones. And also, um, just on an everyday basis, they have kept me accountable. They have gotten into the word with me and they speak truth to me all at the same time of being just an amazing friend, a friend, friends like I've never had before. And, uh, I would also like to thank Christopher for always directing me back to Christ, even in my hardest moments when I want to run the other direction and I don't understand. He's always there to remind me of the truth that my father loves me and that he wants good things for me. And I really appreciate that. And it has really impacted my walk with the Lord. And also all the other girls from crew that have been through the good and the bad with me in the last two years that I've been here, and I'm sure that we'll continue to be in the future. Kelsey McCulley will be baptized this morning by our college pastor, Jeremy Horton. Well, Kelsey, it is a privilege to get to be here with you. I don't know if you remember this, but the first time I met you, you came up after a talk and you said, hey, I really want to share Christ with my roommate. And she's struggling with some of these different areas and these questions, and we talked about a couple of them. And so, and since then, I've seen you grow, and uh, it's just, it's awesome that you have been professing Christ and what he's done in your life, and now I get to be involved in this symbol of what he's already been doing in your life. And so it truly is a pleasure to get to be a part of this. And so I'd like to now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Introduce yourself to us and, and anything, your name and anything you want us to know about you. I'm Mama Riley. How long have you lived in Noble? 36 years. Where did you grow up, Wilma? Kansas. How many children do you have, Wilma? Two. And one grandchild. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about why you um, are, you know, what, what God has been doing in your life and why you're interested in being baptized today. Well, God told me to come to you to help me. Go through life. And Christ is watching me. He's just looking over me. 
He's taking my, he's got me on. He died on the cross to hit, uh, to keep me going. Wilma Rowley will be baptized this morning by her son, Eugene Rowley. I baptize you. I baptize you in the uh, my Holy Spirit and Father of my Son in Christ's name. Well, you did. My name is Jennifer Adams. I'm new to Wildwood, only by five services. New to Oklahoma, I am temporarily dislocated from Alaska. I say dislocated because that will always be my home. This is, this is a good place to visit, and I'm here visiting for the next couple years. Recently married, um, my husband and I actually were married on top of a mountain in Alaska on April 14th, so we're kind of coming up on our one-year anniversary. I have a daughter that is 20. She is in Alaska going to school full-time and working. And my husband has a daughter who is 16, obviously going to school down here. I uh, came to know Christ when I was 15. And for the next several years after that, was um, in a pretty good relationship with him. But some time had gone by and I fell away from my walk. I wasn't really maintaining a good relationship. But even when I wasn't faithful, God still was. I was... I know that he has had his hand upon me in so many different things. I've made my bad choices. I've lived in some areas of sin that I'm not proud of. I've done things that I'm not proud of. But I know that even during that time when I wasn't faithful to him, he was still faithful to me and still loved me. So You know, you say out of ruin comes transformation, beauty for ashes, throw in any cliche that you want. But our coming together was something that you don't hear about. It's, it's not a good situation. What brought us together? Both of us went through a lot of suffering that got to that point of bringing us together. I was at a place where I was going through a situation that completely surrendered and just gave it all to God because I knew there was no way I could go through it on my own. I needed His strength. I needed forgiveness. I needed to get right with God, get back in my relationship with Him, and just let Him do what He wants to do instead of me trying to force what I wanted in my life because that wasn't working too good. I'm excited to see what He's going to do. I don't have all the answers yet, but I know that He is doing big things. And it's, it's so nice to be back in that fellowship and in that relationship with Him. So, 2,000 years ago, He was obedient to the cross for me and showed His love for me. And this is one thing that He asks of me, just to show obedience. and. You know, the bottom line is I know it's nothing about what I do, it's what He does through me. The bottom line isn't how much I profess to love Him, it's how much He loves me and how much He loves through me. Jennifer Adams will be baptized this morning by our executive pastor, Mark Robinson. Jennifer, I speak for Wildwood, but I'm very thankful that God brought you to Oklahoma from Alaska. So, uh, and, and because of your testimony of faith in Christ, it is a tremendous privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Well, we've had a tremendous privilege today to be able to hear from three individuals who have placed their faith and trust in Christ. And because of that, they have shared in this sacred symbol of their identification with Him, His death and His resurrection. Uh, We talked earlier about how that death is what provides payment for our sins and allows us to have communion with God and fellowship with others. And so I know today in a group like this that there are many who are with us today in this service that may not have come to a place in your life where you have yet placed your faith and trust in Christ, where you're still identified with yourself and not with Him. And today, our hope and prayer is through these symbols that God might be stirring up within you an opportunity to trust Him, to become identified with Him, to have this sacred symbol not just be someone else's, but be your own. That someone else who's here today might place their faith and their trust in Christ and in the future experience water baptism as a symbol of that relationship. As we conclude our time, we're going to sing, but before we do that, I want to pray for us. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to worship you today with your people. Father, thank you for just the the joy of of hearing how you have transformed lives. Father, in, in both services today, we have seen examples of that, really trophies of your grace. And so we praise you for that. We thank you for it. But Father, I know as we pray that there are probably those here who have not yet trusted in you, who are still trusting in themselves. Father, I pray that there would be some here today who would see this moment as a line in the sand, an opportunity to step across that line of faith, to trust you with their lives, to trust you with their futures, to trust you with their sin, that you might forgive them and receive them and provide for them in Christ everything that they need. Father, I pray that every one of us would find ourselves identified in Christ, that when you would look upon us, you would see your Son and no other. We thank you, Father, and we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.